Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 171 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Social Class with Convention of Ruin. That is from their self-titled debut LP that dropped in February via Carbonized Records. Played that one here because uh, everything's going to be Carbonized Records on this episode. We're going to do Carbonized Records songs to bookend the thing and a Carbonized Records band to interview. That band, of course, will be Steel Bearing Hand, and I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But I want to tell you a little bit about Social Class as well. They're from San Jose, California. They're a grindcore band featuring current and former members of Dead Pressure in Disgust and Mortuous. Um, as you can hear, some of those tracks are extremely quick. It's grindcore, you know. You know what to expect if you understand grindcore in even the slightest bit. Um, but anyway, yeah, they check these guys out. They got this whole record's awesome. It's it'll be over before you know it. You know, it's a quick one. Anyway, check that out. Go find it. It should be available everywhere right now. And I do believe they have LPs for sale as well. So check them out. Social class, San Jose, grindcore, carbonized records. Moving on. This episode includes an interview with Wyatt Burton. Of Steel Bearing Hand. Steel Bearing Hand released Slay in Hell just a couple weeks ago, also on Carbonized Records, and we're going to talk to you all about that and whatever else comes up. Let's get it moving. Damn, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, Oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? Said, oh shit, I gotta write a rap verse, don't I? He said, no, you don't gotta write a rap verse. The hardcore podcast said, alright, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Chicken, make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said, all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We'll be getting it in. Why are you getting it out? Get it out! Alright, motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time. Rest in peace, Jay Money, and LFTW forever! Hey, so it's May, everyone. Nice weather is here. It's officially here. I can 
I can definitely confidently say we are in spring. Had a had an 80 degree weather day today, almost 90. We almost got there. Uh, glad we didn't though. It was nice, nice this weekend. Had a little party yesterday, and uh, stayed up way too late. Uh, I'm feeling it right now. It stayed up to midnight. I can't tell you the last time I stayed up till midnight, uh, willfully. Um, there wasn't an emergency. It was just having a good time. Stayed up till midnight. Woke up with a little bit of a headache. I gotta admit, a little bit of a hangover. Not bad though. Not bad. Still, still managed to get in the workouts today. Do everything I need to do to keep moving. Drove to Philadelphia and back. But while I was in Philadelphia, I saw an extremely curious thing. Scary, even I'll call it. Um, I was, I was, <laughs> I was leaving, and as I was driving away, I look in my rearview mirror, and I see a raccoon come walking out between two cars. Now it's like 5:30 in the afternoon slash evening, bright as shit out, daylight, you know, full full on daylight. And I don't know about you, but I was always taught growing up that if uh, that if you see you know nocturnal animals like groundhogs out during the day, it means they're rabid. Now I don't know how this works in a major city like Philadelphia. I don't know. I didn't know that these types of animals lived there. But maybe the more troubling thing was that it was walking on its hind legs, just like it was normal, like it belonged, like it was trying to blend in, and it almost did. It was. It looked pretty run down though. It was not a healthy looking raccoon, and uh, it was sketchy, man. It was sketchy, and uh, I don't know. You know, like. Okay, so worst case scenario, you're a homeless guy living in the streets of Philadelphia, and you get you, you may, maybe you maybe you you're at a low point. You got to get some food from like trash trash areas, right? And then you got to deal with this raccoon. What like that's just that's that's not necessary. We don't need to add that situation to it. You don't need to be homeless in a major metropolitan area and then have to worry about being attacked by a rabid animal as well. That's not fair. That feels like stacking the deck against people. Speaking of homeless people, where do they get the markers at? I understand where they get the boxes, the cardboard, to make their signs. I know where you get that from. Anybody can find that anywhere. But if you were to come to me and say, hey, do you have a Sharpie I can use? Do you have a black Sharpie? Do you have a black marker of any kind that'll work? And I'll be like, yeah, I got them. And then I'll go to where I think I have them. And I don't have them. I never do. It's so hard. Those things disappear. Those things disappear worse than, I don't know. David Copperfield, the David Copperfield of writing implements, markers, black markers in, in particular. And yet yeah, yeah, homeless people always seem to have them or have had one at one point. And I think maybe that comes down to they don't have a lot of places to put things. So they know it's in the spot where they put it because that spot is usually their pocket or their backpack. And I, I'm, I'm, I've got like um, looking around here, looking right behind me at my desk. I have uh, several drawers I could look in. Several drawers for that Sharpie to get lost in. So maybe they figured out the Sharpie problem. And uh, I know I got other problems. They got problems, I got problems. We all have our own problems. So, uh, But you got to look on the bright side. If you're homeless, it's got to be easy to find a Sharpie. And the, the truth is out there. It's evident in all the signs we see. God bless. Anything helps. That's another thing about homeless people and their signs. They're always referencing God and Jesus and how things are a blessing. And uh, I guess I guess you got to give them, you got to give that to them, you know? I don't think I'd be uh, thanking God if I was living in their situation, but hey, man, you know that's how you know they're, they're that's how you know they got the faith, right? That's how they know they got the they got they got the, the Holy Spirit in them, is that they're out there living on the street, uh, writing 
thank you notes to Jesus on their cardboard signs. That's, that's dedication, man. I applaud that. Uh, whatever you're into, that level of de- dedication is very impressive. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm, I'm sounding sound a little low energy here. My voice sounds a little fried, too. I think I'm just tired. You know, just a tired guy. Stayed up, stayed up till midnight like a crazy person. How do people do this regularly? Do people do this regularly? What is going on, man? How do you live like this? I don't think I ever live like this. It's crazy. But uh, maybe maybe my low energy is perfect for this episode because this interview was kind of low energy too. Uh, you know, and sometimes that happens. It was, it was calm. It was a nice, calm uh, talk with Wyatt from Steel Bearing Hand. Have you heard Slay in Hell yet from Steel Bearing Hand? It's a fantastic record. It's only like six songs or something. I should have that in front of me. I should know how many songs are on this record. Uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> but I don't off the top of my head. And, uh, but it's a killer and to prove that to you, I'm going to play the first song off of Slay in Hell. It's called Command of the Infernal Exarch. And uh, then we're going to get into my interview with Wyatt. So check it out.
beer is opening now, so we're officially off the clock, and we're good. There you go. So what, where are you at? You're in Texas, right? Yeah, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. You like Dallas proper? Yeah, I'm, in, I'm actually in Dallas. Yeah. What's it? All right, so what's it like? I, this, is a, this is a real question. What is it like growing up in Texas? Um, I don't know. I guess it's not really much different than anywhere else, I suppose. I mean, there's the usual regional, like, characteristics of any given place. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure how to answer that, <laughs> No, no. Well, yeah, I mean, how would you know if you didn't grow up anywhere else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, okay, because from, like, like, a guy like me here in Pennsylvania – First of all, Dallas is like, all right, automatically everyone fuck them because of the Dallas Cowboys. And and then the, and then the only thing we think about is that there's uh that people in Texas like football. And that's it. That's like the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> into pro sports at all. I I don't care about that at all. I like, did. So that's like that part of the culture. I, you know, I I'm, I'm not I yeah. think you weren't saying that. I'm just like for me and my own like experience like i just doesn't like whenever people say something like that to me i'm just like huh okay because <laughs> i know that some people are like like in milwaukee we played out there once and then they were like oh you're from dallas and they're like uh yeah why what's wrong with that and they're like fuck the cowboys I'm like okay cool dude <laughs> we don't care well that's that's how i, I am only experience that that's how I am too, and I. But I know that like there's no way in hell everybody in around Dallas gives a shit about the Cowboys. The same way my friends here don't give a shit about the teams that I like or or sports in general, right? But it's it's just funny that that's the things that we associate with a certain area. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, man. So so what I do know that you're into is heavy metal because you've got this awesome band Steel Bearing Hand which I which recently came on my radar a little bit before when you guys were I was getting the promos for Slay and Hell and uh and that that puts you on my radar and I went back and checked out the self-titled record too and it's just awesome um it's very cool uh everything so far I mean what what is there so far from you guys is it just this these two records Yeah I mean that and there's like a a couple tapes that we've done, but um, yeah, that's that's the way I like to think about it. It's these two records. Awesome. So you guys, you you guys have been around for a couple of years, um, but like for you, we talked about like you you not you not a sports guy, Texas, whatever you know, growing up there is whatever. But when do you remember getting into heavy metal? Um, I guess. Um, hearing Metallica's One on the radio, like when I was like 11 or something like that. That's the first time I heard like actual metal. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Yeah. And then um, I went out, because I, I grew up in Kaufman, Texas, which is like a small town that's like 45 minutes south of Dallas. I grew up on like a ranch. And, um, so I was like, out in the country, there was not a lot of record stores out there, so I couldn't really act on it at the time. But then when I moved to Dallas, I went to like a record store and bought like I just bought Kill 'Em All. I just started from the beginning. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of like that. I mean, that 
that and Black Sabbath at the same time. Those are two uh, my first like real entries into heavy metal. Which I think is are the same for a lot of people, but those are like the, they're obviously essentials, right? Did, did you did you buy Kill 'Em All because you knew it was awesome, or be or for some other reason? Um, I just start, I I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure I had looked it up on the internet somehow and figured out that that was the first album that they did. Gotcha. And I just kind of didn't know where to start, so I just started from the beginning. I wish uh, I wish I had done that. Told me about Master Puppets, but. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, that's just like the way my brain works. And so I just started there. Well, I wish I did that. And it's it's funny because I don't, I don't know what our age difference is, but one of my first introductions to, like real introductions to heavy metal was probably one as well. And um, that that might have been the record they were not necessarily pro- still promoting, but it, it might have been in between and Justice and the, and the Black Album around the time that I got into them. So the next thing to come was the Black Album. And then it was kind of like, well, you know, it was still cool. It's then, you know, and I, I, I revisionist, I find it, I find it good now too. But, um, but then like, it took a while for me to go backwards from there because I was too young too. There was no real internet yet. So it was like, you had Injustice that I remember my brother buying and then there was a Black Album and then it just got shittier. <laughs> And like you know, eventually found out that that uh, that Ride of Lightning and Master of Puppets and and Kill 'Em All exist. But I wish I had done I had I had discovered it um, chronologically, like it sounds like you kind of did. Yeah, I mean, like I I heard the Black Album. Like my mom had a copy of that on CD, and like I listened to that one as a kid. But I don't really like consider that being like my introduction to heavy metal because like it's just it's really just like another pop record. So yeah. my, my mom had like a had has still has pretty eclectic taste. So she has all kinds of shit laying around. So I would just like go through her CDs and listen to everything I could. And I heard that, but that, like I said, I don't really like consider that heavy metal because it didn't really like stand out necessarily to me at the time. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't. I wasn't like, what is this heavy metal thing? <laughs> I, right. I was like, when I heard one, that was when I was like, dude, what is this? Like, this is like the the double bass part and the tapping solo was like, that was like what set it off for me, really. That's cool. Did, did that make or pique your interest to get uh, to start playing music yourself? I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, I never thought I would, you know, be good enough to do that. I, but <laughs> um, I was always interested in music. So eventually I got a drum set and then I got a guitar at like the same time, like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then I just started from there how long before you were playing in bands was it um probably like a year and a half or something so you got in pretty quick Uh, i think i I think i was like 14 yeah i mean like i was just playing with friends in high school so it's like i mean you know high school bands right right so hey that's that's not bad though you got to start somewhere so so you you did that for a little while and then eventually when does when does steel bearing hand officially begin um, well, I, I consider it starting in the summer of 2009. Um, me and, and a friend of mine at the time, Stephen Friedman, he was a, another guitar player. Like me and him had been through like a, you know, a few different people like trying to start a metal band. And then like I was in another band, like a punk band. And this guy came to try out 
his name is Matt Preston, and uh, he he had a double bass pedal, and I was like, okay, and so he started you know fucking around, and he was doing like double bass beats, and I was like, dude, do you like Kill 'Em All? And he was like, fuck yeah. And I was like, dude, do you like Slayer? And he was like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, dude, you're gonna try it for my metal band, and he came and tried out with us, and that's pretty much when it started. So nice. Were you were you able to? to write good songs then do you know what i mean like or were you were you at that skill level or was that still to come i mean yeah i think i think the songs from back then are cool you know? <laughs> good good so what when when did so did you guys start playing shows right away is this a is this a quick thing with steel bearing hand or is this something that took a little while to to come together from there we were in 2010, I think. So, yeah, I mean, like, I had been playing shows. And, like, me and the drummer were in a, in a punk band together. And, and, like, you know, we'd been on tour a couple times. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, we were all, like... And, and he was in other bands before that that had toured. So we weren't, like, just, you know, learning how to, you know, play shows and stuff. Um, so it happened pretty quickly. Cool. And what's the... What, what's the um the scene like there in dallas as far as do you guys have a lot of do you guys have a lot of i'd imagine because it's a big city but i could be wrong because i've seen different but do you have like a a, a living and breathing scene there like is, is there a lot of is that a lot of bands or is there a lot of local stuff or is it just what comes through oh yeah there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff going on in, in the dfw in general um dallas is like part of this you know area called the dfw dallas fort worth but it also like includes Denton. Um, they're all like 45 minutes away from each other. It's like a triangle, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like before the pandemic, it was like the strongest I had ever seen it. You know, there was multiple shows going on at least a week. Sometimes in the same night, there'd be like three or four different shows. Um, so it's really strong. But um, there's like a handful of metal bands, but most most of it is like punk and like grindcore. And, you know, stuff that's, like, tangential to metal, but not exactly metal. Right, but right. There are a good handful of metal bands in Dallas, for sure. Well, you guys you guys have a sound that can kind of seem, at least in my opinion, can kind of transcend between a lot of those subgenres. And you could fit in on, on, on different kinds of bills. Am I right about that? Are you guys able to, you know, fit in with other bands like that are outside of, of what you're doing? I mean, I'd like to think so, um, but, like, the way I think about that is that, like, I mean, I'm not really sure how other people view it, but I just, I like mixed bills. I always have, so, yeah. like, fitting kind of, it's like a subjective way of looking at it, so, like, I guess some people would probably be, like, turned off by that, but, like, I think it's more interesting that whenever you see, you know, four bands of, like, you know, not exactly the same, like... I've definitely been to like shows where it's like three death metal bands or like four black metal bands playing. And sometimes that's cool, but like, that's not the only thing I want to be a part of, you know? So, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I want, I want some variety too. I don't, I, yeah, I listen to several different kinds of music every day. I don't want to do it all in one, yeah. you know, one band after another. Um, Exactly. Yeah, so, so so that your, your self-titled, it came out like 2016, something like that. Um, well, I guess 
technically we like released it on the internet at the end of 2014, but the vinyl came out in the spring of 2015, so that's kind of we we just say 2015. Okay, um, is that back and put it out on CD in in 2016, I think. Okay, I got you. And, and um, so it's been it's been uh, f- well, five or six years, what, or, however math works. I don't know. Um, it's been mm-hmm. <laughs> quite a few years since since your last since your last recorded output, at least that I'm aware of. What what happened between then and now? Was it all writing? Was there any was there any layoffs? Was what happened with Steel Bearing Hand over the last few years? Um, yeah, since then we did like I think it's five tours, and we changed lineups almost as many times. And so, like, every time, you know, someone leaves the band and we have to get someone else, like, the clock gets set back. Yeah. And also, you know, taking the time to prep for a tour and then doing the tour. And, you know, it's like, nowadays, it's, I'm sure any musician understands what I'm about to say. It's, like, difficult. It's not always easy to, like, get together and, like, work on shit and make sure it's right and, like, make sure you're ready. You know, some people aren't as meticulous about it but um you know we try to run a tight ship and make sure we don't go out you know not really knowing what, what we're doing um so yeah i mean just you know between the touring and the lineup changes and just day-to-day life i mean it just translated to six years this time well that makes sense so it sounds like you you want to have it you want to do it right, not just do it and fuck it up, and you know, quality over quantity, right? And, uh, and exactly, yeah, and, exactly. And, and it's it's not always easy finding like people to replace the people who quit. So that also no, yeah, and, and like to the you, time. like you mentioned, the the different levels of dedication. What some people are willing to put in um, is obviously a problem in lots of bands, and I think that's why you usually have uh, you usually have a guy or two in each band that's kind of the heart and soul of it and it's rare when you get the whole the whole thing on board the whole every member you know yeah i mean dude there's not a lot of money in just like playing music nowadays it's like i've had this conversation many times with people where like you know in like the 70s and the 80s you could be a band that wrote originals and like that was your job like you the band made enough money to like pay your rent and like your groceries and your bills and all that stuff and, like, you just go to the jam room every day, put in eight hours. I mean, I don't know, like, every band's, you know, every famous band's work ethic, but I know, you know, that was, like, what, like, Sin Lizzy and, like, Motorhead did, like, Black Sabbath, you know, all the all the classic bands, and even just bands from every genre back then. It was, like, you know, a musician was, like, an actual job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's, like, kind of been relegated to being, like, a hobby for most people. So I think that that's kind of, like, contributed to, like, the decline overall and, like, the quality of rock and roll, which like some people may agree and some people may disagree, but like I think in general it's it's true that like there's like less mass quality bands, and like there are some excellent fucking bands out today. I mean that doesn't mean that some people aren't like totally dedicated to it and like just doing a fucking fantastic job at it. It's just that like overall, you know. It's like it's difficult to make it happen because it's a hobby and, and you don't get paid to do it. So it's always it's always a labor of love now, you know. So it's difficult. Yeah, it's interesting, and that's a, that's a very good point too with the with the way you know bands approached it before and how it was like a job. Because I mean, I, the one thing I always find fascinating is looking back at some of those bands. Uh, we'll use Black Sabbath as an example, who would release like two albums a year. You know, like 
Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's all they were doing. That's all they fucking did was get together and like play music and write music and then go get fucking drunk at the bar. Like, that was it. <laughs> like, if you read uh, Ozzy's autobiography, he kind of, like, talks about it like that. And, I mean, obviously, you got to take what Ozzy says with a grain of salt, but... Right. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, that was what they did every day, you know, so... I didn't read that one. I did the Iomi one, but I'm sure it's I'm sure yeah, it's very I'm, similar. that one's next on my list, yeah. The, I did the Ozzy one first, and the Iomi one's next on the list. How do you... I was just going a little tangent here. How do you determine which which uh band biographies to read and i i mean that like there's there's a shitload of them right and uh and yeah. I, and i don't know like like for me it's just re- it literally is which whichever one i come across uh like but yeah like well, I, that's kind of how it is for me i have i've only read like a couple uh the lemmy one i read years ago white line white line fever i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah, that white one. Line fever. yeah yeah that one's really good yeah, yeah. I, I think I have the Aussie one, but I've never read it. Anyway, yeah, we, we, totally off topic. But, but yeah, it's it's uh it's also interesting to me how, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, how these bands were able to, um, what, how do I say this correctly? They were able to consistently write that quality. But I guess that's that's to, to your point about how they treated it like a job and uh, not a hobby. Yeah, absolutely, dude. You're going to have pride in your work, you know? So, like, obviously... And, like, music is, is an art, so it's, like, it's about expressing yourself. So it's, like, if it's a job and you're also expressing yourself, naturally you're going to want to, like, do the best job you can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so, so speaking of that and the quality of music, what do you... How do you feel like, um, like, Steel Bearing Hand has improved since the self-titled record to slay in hell and what and what what would you say is different about this material um i mean i'm not really sure if there is one in the mindset behind how we approach the music um between that time like uh matt preston the original drummer we like parted ways with him and then this dude anthony vallejo joined the band and that was kind of like like i love matt and i love the material from then but like anthony is definitely on another level so mm-hmm. that was kind of the main uh, difference really but in terms of how we like approach the songs and how we write the riffs and stuff like that it's nothing's really changed do you feel like anything's changed about about the sound at all or is it's pretty pretty much the same band as far as sound it's the same band I'd I'd agree too. I would just you know it's interesting somehow sometimes when the the inside perspective is different than you know because like one thing I'd like to ask is that uh, is if if there are influences that listeners might not catch. And I guess I'd like to ask you that too. Like listening to Steel Bearing Hand, I hear a lot like plenty of the you know the classic heavy metal uh, thrash and and death stuff in there. A little bit of black metal too, maybe. But is there anything? less obvious in there that you're that you draw from that you put into your music uh yeah absolutely like i think the biggest thing that people don't i mean some people catch it some people don't it's really just about their own familiarity with like the you know their own palette really but like um like hardcore punk like db crust that has like a huge influence on the sound Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I mean that's definitely something that I don't think people quite catch, but 
definitely there. That's cool. I, I, I can see that. I, I can also see that in, in a little bit in the aesthetic. Um, that like you know the the black and white, uh, whether that's intentional or not, that's what I always think of. You know, all you gotta do is add the the disc to the beginning of your of your. <laughs> well, you could be disc steel yeah. disc, disc steel bearing hand. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So speaking of speaking of artwork, who who came up with this logo and the artwork for the uh, for, for Slay and How? Is this the same guy or is this two two different people? Uh, the logo is, is this guy Daniel Sawblade Shaw, and if you don't know about that dude, like you need to familiar familiarize yourself quickly because <laughs> that dude is like one of the best metal artists uh, like of all time. Um, we played with his band. He was in this band called Warmaster years ago. And we played together, and I was just kind of, we were like talking with him, just chatting, and I was like kind of bitching and moaning about how we didn't have a logo and yada, yada, yada. And he was like, oh, dude, I, I can do a logo for you. And I was like, holy shit, really? <laughs> did you know he did logos? We just got together. And, um, I mean, like, yeah, I kind of had assumed that he did, but I didn't. I, you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't fishing either. I was. Yeah, I was that's, literally just like venting. That's what I, I mean. Wasn't, like, yeah. Trying to be like about. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, you know, I didn't. I didn't expect that. I, I like honestly <laughs> was not fishing. It just like happened. But um, yeah, we got together and he, and he did that. But the uh, the art for the album is done by this guy. His name's Yuda. And he's from Indonesia. He's just, you know, a, a fucking incredible artist. Um, I just, I found him on Instagram, which is like, a, that's like kind of the number one resource for artists, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's easy, really easy to find. There's tons and tons and tons of killer artists. If you search, if you dig around through Instagram, you'll find a million killer artists. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just stood out and I just hit him up and, we just got together and, you know, I gave him the concept and he interpreted it like fucking wonderfully, in my opinion. Yeah, it looks it looks fucking awesome. You know, speaking of Instagram and artists, there's one and they do a podcast, too, that, that I really like looking at their shit. Um, Noise Dosage Media. Are you familiar with them at all? What What was the name? Noise Dosage Media. No. No. You okay? No, so I'll definitely check yeah, it out. you like, should. There's so many. Dude, it's hard to keep up with all of them, you know. Yeah, you should though. It's it's very it's very it's very cool stuff. And like I said, it's a whole it's a whole podcast and fanzine and all all, all sorts of shit. But it's mostly rooted in uh, in death metal. But they do some really cool stuff. Um, and, spe- and specifically, the way they draw their zine. I don't know. They they post like progress pictures, and it's 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 pretty cool. It's it's very similar to to uh, the Slay and Hell album cover. It's just, it's awesome. Check it out. Yeah, I definitely will. So, um, so is this guy, is this a guy who's done work for other, other bands or is this just, just stuff that he likes? Yeah. To do? Um, yeah, he's, he's done quite a, quite a bit, but he kind of recently like scrubbed his Instagram page of like all the work that he's done before. I guess he's like going through some stuff and wanting to change, uh, focus, on like the style of art that he's doing. Yeah. So um, I can't go back and look at all the bands that he's done stuff for, but one that um, stands out, this this cover that he did for this band Mammoth Grinder is just like out of control. Oh, they always had awesome the covers. Just, killer. Yeah. So is Mammoth, was, Mammoth Grinder... That's I can remember, but he's, he's done a bunch, you know, so... Is Mammoth Grinder a Texas band? Yeah. 
That's what I thought. All right, I thought so. Um, yeah, that was very, very. That's a very cool band that transcended a lot of genres too. Little played a lot of hardcore shows, played a lot of grindcore. You know, they could they could kind of fit in everywhere. Sure. Anyway, anyway, so um, so yeah, the record looks cool. I don't. Is there a? I didn't see exactly what Carbonize is doing. Um, actually, let's 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 talk about that a little bit. What? How did you get hooked up with Carbonize Records? Um, well, I'm, as I'm sure you know, Chad, the uh, the guy who runs Carbonized, is in the band Necrot, yeah. and he's also in uh, this band Mortuous. But um, I, we met them in 2013. We played a show with Necrot in San Francisco, and the year before that, Steel had played Eli's in Oakland, and that's where I met Sonny. So. I've known those dudes for many years now and, and we've just always kept in touch and, and been buds and, you know, appreciated each other's bands. And, uh, you know, again, I was just talking about, you know, he asked me about the new stuff and then he was like, Oh dude, I'm, I'm like starting this label and like, I would love to put it out. And I was like, you're the man for the job. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a, that's an easy one, right? Right away. Like, yeah. I mean, and like working with somebody that I personally know and have known for a while now is like, you know, that's the most important thing to me, you know, so. Sure. Yeah. That adds a whole, a whole personal touch and trust to it that you might not have otherwise. Um, which, how, what's this, what's the treatment on this release? Are you going all digital for, is it digital and then all, all formats? What are we doing? An LP cassette CDs? What's happening? Yeah. I mean the, the CDs and the cassette tapes are already out. Um, you can get either from us or from Carbonize. Um, the vinyl got delayed because of some shipping stuff, I guess. And it should be here soon. It's already, you know, pressed and ready to go. It's just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> well, at least yeah. you got it pressed. I mean, I know that's been the problem with uh, with a lot of people, with a lot of records. Um, yeah. Just long wait times with the, with the delays. Um and and as you mentioned, this stuff's already available because the record actually came out what like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was April second was the official three weeks. Date. All right, we'll say three weeks. I don't know. I don't know with the math on that either. I'm terrible at math. Um, yeah, but... dude, I don't know how math works either. So I'm not math. <laughs> Good. Now we got Yeah, now we got to divide by seven. Not doing it. Um, so uh, <laughs> so how 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 has the reception been from your end? Like. What are you, what's the feedback you're getting from people that have heard Slay and Hell? Great. I mean, I couldn't be happier, you know, like, you know, we, we make music for ourselves. So first off, like we're stoked on it before we put it out. So that's kind of like the number one thing, but it's, it's always like, you know, nice when people are stoked to hear what you're doing and they enjoy it. And, you know, we've heard a lot of kind words said about it. So that's always cool. Awesome. Have you considered uh, yet that you could do a Christmas album and just spell Slay differently <laughs> and just have a theme? Yeah. Yeah, we'd probably have to change the hell to bells or something like no, that. No, 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 no. You just yeah. you just Slay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could do it. you can you can you can build off of it. You can do many different things. But so so uh, yeah. other than the delays with uh with with the records the the physical LPs um, did uh, did the pandemic and COVID fuck anything up with with the release or production of this record? No, I mean the record was done 
mixed and mastered before COVID happened. Oh, good. Um, you know, it, it takes a while for, you know, like with, with independent labels, like they don't have as much of a priority, I think, with um, like the record plants. Oh, yeah, they'll get bumped. So that yeah. usually translates to like long wait times, you know, for things to be released. And, and Chad had other uh, releases before us, too. So, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, and that's cool. And I think it's cool that you guys have. Uh, well, uh, how do I phrase it right? The uh, it's been cool watching Carbonize kind of come up, and it seems like it's a label that's gonna you know hit a certain level, and uh, which is well, you know there's only so high you can go for this type of music, but but it's but it's as high as you can go, and I think Carbonize is already almost there, and uh, it's very cool that you guys got to be involved with them. Um, so. So with this record being out, obviously, I don't, well, actually, what's, what's happening in Texas? Are restrictions lifted enough down there that you guys can start doing shows? Would you, if you can? Um, I guess, I guess technically they are, but I only know like a handful of people who've been doing shows. So, um, I mean, everyone's, you know, playing it as safe as they can. So, I mean, I guess technically like there are no restrictions, but yeah, I don't think people feel comfortable enough to do it yet, you know. Which is like, I think the smartest thing, you know. Yeah, what, where do you err on the side of caution and not? Where do, when do you or I mean, there's no way to, to to know obviously, but when do you expect or hope to be able to get back on the road again? Um, man, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, I can't say. Well, that given that, then what's now that you have the record out and uh, you know you can do you can do promotion like this and stuff. But what's what's the next thing for Steel Bearing Hand? Are you guys already going to start writing now that you've had this done for so long? Is there already new stuff in the works? Uh, no, I mean the band's kind of on like a hold right now, just you know with the way things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we haven't really been working on anything. So it's kind of difficult to say, you know. Yeah, fair enough too. I mean, I think that's. I think if if I think sometimes you know at this point if if bands need a break, might as well take it. Uh, you know, I know I know some bands that have wrote, recorded, and released records in all in this past year, uh, similar to what you guys have done. Mm-hmm. And and if there's no option to tour, if there's no option to support it, then might as well take some time off. But you know, and others that are just going and going and going. But you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, one last question and I'll let you go, but in a real basic one, but why do you think you like playing? Why do you love playing this music so much? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, just some fucked up part of my brain that like it clicks with. Um, I mean, in terms of physically, it's like, it's a challenging style, you know? So that's, that's cool. Um, but like, I just, I just love metal, dude. <laughs> I don't really know how else to put it. It's just like, that's my favorite type of music to, to perform, to play, to write. Like, I couldn't really explain why. Um, like I said, there's just something wrong with my brain. Nah, it's something right. You're doing all right. And you, and you, and you're very good at it too. So, so you got to give yourself credit oh, there. Thank you. Um, okay, so so Slay and Hell, Carbonized Records, came out April 2nd. Um, nothing happening, I'm sorry, nothing happening in the near future, 
but uh, this record can be found. Where, where, where's the best place for people to buy this? Where's the best place that 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 maybe that maybe steel bearing hand gets the most return on it, or or carbonize wherever you want the money to go? Yeah, I mean, take your pick. You can flip a coin. It doesn't matter to us. Um, we have a Bandcamp page where we have what we have available on there, and so does Carbonized, and that's the way to go. All right, cool. Hey, Wyatt, thanks for taking the time to have the conversation. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. All right, man. Later. Later.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Wyatt of Steel Bearing Hand. The song you just heard was Tomb Spawn. No surprise that comes off of Slayin' Hell, their debut full-length LP, I think we can call it their debut, on Carbonized Records. Available now, available everywhere. Go buy yourself a copy. Sounds like the band camp is the place to go. All right, so what kind of business do we need to talk about getting it out podcast and getting it out in general? Well, I told you that the website would be available by the end of the month. And once again, you have been deceived. Once again, it is not ready. However, I can tell you that it is extremely close. It is literally the closest it's ever been, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but I've actually seen it. This is this is breaking news. I have seen the website, the way it's going to look. This whole time, for over a year now, I've only seen the back end. I've only seen the where you put the info in. This time around, I actually got to see the front page, every page. I got to go through the interviews, the records, the, the reviews, the band pages. Um, we got to see it all, okay, for the most part. So hopefully, this is all wrapping up in the next week or two. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it, keep it a little bit under wraps. Maybe let some people go through it to, to work out the bugs. Let us know what's working, what isn't working. Um, and then you're going to be able to read year old record, <laughs> year old record reviews, year old interviews. You're going to read stuff that's pre pandemic, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But there will also be current current shit as well. There's going to be music news. There's going to be record reviews. There's going to be band pages. I personally have entered over 600 band pages at this point. 600. 600 bands. I've gone through and put all of their information into my database. My database. That sounds really official. But it's true. I've gone through and put 600 individual bands in there. That involves each member's name, when they started, where they live, uh, (laughs) links to all of their social media, all of their uh, you know, streaming platforms, it's all in there. Links usually to every single music video they've ever done. Um, I'm holding out on putting in live stuff because I think I want to see if I can work some stuff out with um, some other people. We'll see. We'll see. Um, there's, all, there's all sorts of stuff that's going to happen there. And I'm excited to show it to you guys. Uh, I'm excited to see it myself, the, the finished product. It looks great so far. Uh, so you should be on the lookout for that. You should go now and bookmark gettingitout.net. It's available. It is the domain name. It exists out there. If you got anything you want to contribute, anything you want reviewed, you got you got or you you want your music played on on the podcast, you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Email me, Dan at gettingitout.net. Whatever. I'm not saying it 100% will happen, but 75% at least it'll happen. It's a good chance. Uh, so reach out to me. Um, don't. Don't rely on messaging me through uh, Facebook or Instagram. I, I, I catch most of those. I do. But there are some where I somehow just slip totally through the cracks. I don't know where they go. I don't know how they get missed, but they do. But what won't get missed is an email. Dan at gettingitout.net. I know you got a fucking email app on your phone, too. Open up that one. It's real, real official, too. It makes me feel extremely important if you do it that way. But anyway, that's so that's what's happening with getting it out, getting it out.net. And also, I haven't I haven't begged you guys to join the Patreon in a while, so I'm going to beg those who haven't to join the Patreon, which is patreon.com/gettingitoutpodcast. 
there is a new Getting It Out Radio episode up there. And I have another one recorded. I just didn't post it yet. I got a little farther ahead, which is nice. So those who are Patreon subscribers, that I'll, I'll drop that this week. It'll, uh, fuck it, I'll put it out today. It'll be there. It'll be available today. Um, if you yourself are curious what that is, you can go in your feed that you're in right now and look. I just, I just put one a couple weeks ago. I put a past episode in there just for the hell of it, for Earth Day. I don't know. Uh, I felt like that was a reason to celebrate, so I did it. Because, uh, you know, me caring about the Earth. I spent, I spent like uh, 18 years flicking cigarette butts out my window. So I gave a getting it out radio episode to re to repay, you know, to make up for that. Man, what a nice guy I am. Uh, yeah. Okay. So as I mentioned in the intro, I'm gonna end this with another song from a band on Carbonized Record. This time, we're going to Hungary, baby. No, not like Temple of the Dog, like Hungary the country. What if that's what that song was really about? I'm going to Hungary. I'm going to Hungary. Yeah. Somebody had to have made that joke before, so I apologize. Um, anyway, this this is a band from Hungary, and they are called Mephitic Grave, and their their new album is called uh, The Atrium. It, well, sorry, Into the Atrium of Inhuman. Or morbidity, more. <laughs> Let's chat this one more time. Let's leave all these. In. We're not editing this out. We're gonna. I'm gonna fumble through this, and I'm gonna get it right. Into the atrium of inhuman morbidity. Uh, that's set to set to release on May seventh. So this week, that's exciting on Carbonized Record. Um, this shit's grimy. Let's leave it at that. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.